Blog Talk Radio. Wherever and whenever you may be listening, my name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquenceOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power of Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? The name of the episode today is Johnny B. in D.C., Every quarter, we go up to the nation's capital and visit with John Bratsakis. He's the president of the Maryland D.C. Credit Union Association. And this week, the, the great performance that we're talking about is the one that's being put on by the Maryland D.C. Credit Union Association. Uh, we visited with John earlier this week, and you're going to hear that interview after the break. And although many of us hear about the government shutdown on the news, John and his team are right in the middle of it, dealing with the hyperpartisan political culture that precipitated the shutdown in the first place while doing the everyday job of advocacy that has to be done each and every day at the District of Columbia level, at the state level, and at the federal level of the government. And the Maryland D.C. Credit Union Association is using this moment in history to raise the compassionate and cooperative nature of the credit union business model. They're, they're taking advantage of the history they've been dealt to put on their own and help their credit union members put on the best live performance each and every day. So we're headed up to the nation's capital, that general area, with its unique culture and everything else. It's Johnny B. in D.C., and you'll hear the interview right after this. Listen live or listen later anywhere in the world. It's conference quality information without the expense report. It's the power of performance. We've got a new Congress. I see on social media and elsewhere that your crew, the Maryland D.C. Credit Union Association, is actively getting acquainted with the new and returning members of the Congress. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is uh, always a busy time. I think whether, you know, regardless of where you're at in the country, and I know with all the leagues, we, you know, it's nice to kind of run into each other in the hallways. But everybody's down and welcoming. We've got a new congressman, uh, David Trone. He's a private businessman. Um, he's the newest member. But just going around and welcoming everybody um, into Congress, and at, you know, in the new session of Congress this year. So, and like I said, I think it was an ex- it's an example really of what. We've always what we have always talked about in the league world, like the 535 seat strategy. When you talk about you know having, you know, those grassroots relationships with your congressmen and women, that you know kind of throughout the country, I think everyone has those at the different leagues. That right, you can pick up the phone, you go in, you say hello, you can congratulate them on you know their new Congress and, and the election. So as a rule, it's usually a pretty happy time. Um, obviously. 
it's been a little bit more subdued with the, the shutdown. There's mm. uh, folks have been a little bit more focused. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to ask you about that as well. I mean, um, everyone has heard about the, the partial government shutdown. And un, unlike people like me that are, you know, thousands of miles removed from it, uh, and, and in some ways even ideologically removed from it, but you're right there in the middle of it. I mean, you're, you're right there, you know, ground zero of the government shutdown. And it sounds like uh, your association and your member credit unions are right there to start helping people out. Tell us about that. Yeah, I, it's one of those areas where it, I think credit unions, the, the work that we do is just part of our everyday work taking care of our members uh, are being highlighted by Congress. And that's you know, something that's, I think, invaluable that, to see that recognition. And we've been, uh, and all the leagues have been working um, throughout. But out here, not, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of federal workers that have been furloughed um, just because of the proximity. When you look at Northern Virginia, D.C., Maryland, you know, West Virginia, kind of this whole area is, is very affected, along with all of those contractors that provide services right. and work for the federal government. So that's been pretty unique. Um, one of the positive things is all the work and all the programs credits are doing to support their members um, that they serve um, it has been recognized by a lot of folks. I mean, we've participated in town hall meetings. We have a list that's gone out to all of our federal, state, and local uh, elected officials. And a lot of that's been getting, you know, a lot of uh, requests and a lot of feedback and highlighting, you know, by their offices as far as contact your credit union to find out what support and assistance is available. Yeah, it's sort of the unintended consequence of the shutdown that a lot of people are, are, are potentially hearing about credit unions for the first time through the social media energy that's out there about this and, of course, the debates that are going on about it. And then they hear that, you know, ABC Credit Union in Maryland is offering no interest or low interest loans for people affected by that. And maybe that's the first time they ever go over to a credit union and kind of find out about the difference in the, in the business model of credit unions. And I think you guys have done a great job of, of showcasing your member credit unions, you know, being there again in the locality where this is occurring, standing by to help. And, and back to that first point about the social media stuff, as much as I love social media and things like that, nothing is as good as getting out there and, and shaking hands with real people and, and getting the FaceTime in the halls of Congress. Um, but again, it's just been very interesting to watch um, your team out there actively participating in this, you know, the, the bad side of the government shutdown, but also the side of it that says, hey, our credit unions are here to help our members. I think it's really great, John. Oh, thanks. I, and, but I, again, that's the compassionate part of the business we do, right? I think that's why when we talk about that we're part of a movement, um, the reason we use that phraseology often is because of the fact that, right, there's values associated to what we do. And yeah. this is an example of our credit unions living those values. Yeah, well, this is really interesting. Hey, listen, uh, more on a policy thing or an opinion thing, uh, we've got the, the Democrats are in charge of the House. Uh, the GOP is in charge of the Senate and, of course, the White House with President Trump. Um, how do you think or will this impact the uh, legislative agenda for credit unions at the federal level this year and going forward? Um, I, there's no question it will impact. It's just the question is how. And the other piece, uh, I believe, with this is – 
it's it's pretty divided the way it is anyway, and with there's going to be probably a lot of activity. Um, Financial Services has a lot of new members on it, so normally that would mean probably a whole lot of new ideas and thoughts and proposals that could come out of uh, finance, which obviously would affect us. But with both houses being you know different parties, it'll be difficult, I think, to get any type of big sweeping bills right. passed yeah, I agree as, as we go forward. And a lot of it will be timing, right? Yeah. What what are the issues? What's coming up? Uh, what are the concerns? So as far as from the opportunity to remove regulatory burdens and things of that nature, it'll continue to be focused on um, protecting credit unions and oh, that's great. We'll have to see what comes out as we move forward. That's great stuff. And then finally, um, I had a chance to read your article that is this week in CU Insight about one of my absolute favorite topics, and that is payment systems. I'm fascinated by how people get paid and pay for things. And about 10 years ago, I was at the grocery store, and an older lady was in front of me paying with a check. And I was sort of like, come on, give me a break. Who pays with a check anymore? Well, the other day, um, I was at Starbucks paying with my debit card and the guy behind me was there with his phone ready to pay with his phone and he was older than I was and he looked at me like come on who still pays with a debit card it's a sort of came full circle for me um, I thought it was a real interesting article but the one thing that you said that that I was also surprised by uh, was that you felt that um, we needed to like, maybe modernize our payment systems and and I totally agree with you uh, tell us why people should go out and check out that article well, I think it's really – we've been working with uh, Cong or Senator Van Hollen. It was, this is, he's very passionate about this, and it's something that we – I think all of us in the industry, we want to make things as efficient as possible. And there's right, a, a consumer benefit, while there's also a concern um, where you know, fraud is always a concern, and we just want to make sure that things are created in a way that doesn't create more fraud, but obviously you know, helps expedite that. And I, the faster we're able to do that – and the faster we can modernize the payment um, systems, not just from the way payments are done, but also from the regulatory side, right? There's, like we all know, Reg CC is, is and Reg right. E are oh, so yeah. mm. antiquated. Um, mm. But how, how do we continue to move that ball forward? And yeah. I think Very. that's one of the reasons, um, you know, Senator Van Hollen had been out, uh, you know, working with Treasury and the Fed. So we wanted to, to follow up on that. Yeah, uh, I encourage people. In fact, I'll put a link to that article in this episode description. It's at CU Insight, and I really did. I really did enjoy. It. Like I said, it's it's not really part of my consulting business. It's more of a hobby of mine. I've just always been fascinated at how how people pay for things and how people get paid. And um, I don't yeah. pay with a check at the grocery store much anymore, but I do have a check. Well, I think still. What's fascinating, you know, one of the fascinating things there was a, a, a statistic out last towards the end of last year that, and I don't know if it's still true, but that there more payments are done through the Starbucks app hmm. than on Apple Pay combined. I believe it. I believe that, it. The, I believe that's it. how that, when you think about, when you talk about disruption, right, and disintermediation, Starbucks has been able to protect themselves from that disintermediation um, through their app which, um, and their payment, which is pretty remarkable. 
That's right. Well, you might see uh, Johnny B in D.C. Uh, hopping in an Uber and going to a Starbucks in D.C. at a Starbucks near you if you're in the nation's capital. And, of course, we thank you so much for hopping on and taking some time out of your busy day to join us. We look forward to talking with you uh, a little bit later in the year. And the very, very best to you, and congratulations on all the great work your team is doing. Thanks, Jason. It's great talking to you. Right. Take care. And join us next week as we continue our series on practice, perform, review, and repeat the foundations of putting on a great live performance. My name is Jason Dash. You've been listening to The Power Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? Until next we speak, I'll talk to you all next week. 